Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for December 2nd, 2019. I'm Katni. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. And it is designed to make getting started with electronics and programming super simple. Um, this is the time of the week where we gather with our community to talk about community, talk about um, the state of CircuitPython, to uh, call people out for any kind of good things they've been doing, and to talk about what we've been up to over the past couple weeks, or past week, rather. This meeting normally happens at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays, except if there is a U.S. holiday, in which case we will sometimes change that meeting. Um, if we do change it, it we do notify uh, everyone on Discord. Uh, speaking of Discord, this meeting is held on Discord and it is also recorded. We record both the audio and the text chat. So be aware that if you are participating in this meeting, you are being recorded. That recording will be posted on YouTube for uh, later consumption, as well as the audio being posted as a podcast um, and if you find that it is not available on your favorite podcast service, please let us know. Uh, this meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news, which is a look at what's going on in the community um, in terms of Python and uh, Python on microcontrollers. Uh, the next section is the state of CircuitPython and libraries, which is a statistical overview of the project uh, by the numbers. So it just gives us a chance to see where we're at in terms of uh, the project itself. Um, the next section is hug reports, which is a chance to call people out for doing something good. Um, it's sort of our counter to bug reports. Uh, and it is held in a round robin format where I will start and we'll go down the list alphabetically. If you are lurking, uh, please let us know and we'll skip over you. If you are... Uh, text only um, or would rather not have uh, your voice recorded, we can. you can post it to the text chat or post it to the notes doc and um, we will read it off for you as we go. Uh, there is a document that is um, all the notes for the meeting uh, and there are timestamps in there. So if you are not so much into watching an entire video, you can check out the notes doc, uh, sort of scan through it and scrub to the time that um, is interesting to you. The next section is status updates, which is an opportunity to take a couple minutes, let us know what you've been doing over the past week, what you're going to do over the next week. Um, it is also held in a round robin format. And again, if you are lurking or text only, uh, let us know and we will uh, skip over you or read off your notes. And the last thing is in the weeds, which is an opportunity for more long form discussions. If you have an in the weeds topic already, please post it to the text chat or the notes document. Um, and if you have one that sort of comes out of status updates, uh, let us know as soon as possible. And um, so we can get that added. That way we're not waiting around at the end. Uh, and that is how this meeting goes. So with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Phil for community news. All right, thank you, Katni, happy. Cyber Monday. Thank you. All right. First up, if y'all wanted to know the origins of Moo and hear a little bit about 
the upcoming book that has CircuitPython and Moo with Entol, who sticks around here and hangs out with us quite a bit. Check this out. Um, this is the new book. Uh, we have this in our store. We're also helping the author get the word out. It's um, in Japanese, but uh, that's OK. It makes it even cooler, I think. And you can uh, look at some of the reasons and some of the, the ways that Nicholas came up with the word Moo. As he said on his blog post, many of the things he has and comes up with has multiple layers. So that was kind of neat to see. And that's in the beginning of the CircuitPython and Moo book. Next up, um, this is really neat. And uh, I think I did a hug report or a shout out to Jepler, but I'm going to do it again um, because this is a preview of, oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm going to get to that one in a second. This is the next one. Um, shout out to our team who's doing the uh, circuit, sorry. So many blue fruits, so many circuits, so many playgrounds, so many pythons. The blue fruit playground app, this is our next version for um, iOS to start off with, and it allows you to control circuit playground blue fruit with the Nordic chipset and RF52840. And what's really neat about this is you can do lots of things really fast. And uh, within seconds, you're pairing, you're able to play music, you can change um, your NeoPixels. So I did this video, and this was just for me try to trying to figure out like how can I record what's going on on an iPhone screen and on an overhead at the same time. And I thought this was going to just be like a throwaway test video that I wasn't going to be able to show anyone because like nothing worked, but it worked so well. This was like one take, did it really fast. So I just decided to post it up. So that's um, it's a like hot off the press beta app that you can check out. And um, we'll try to get more people on the beta as well. Next up, this was what I was talking about before. We got native MP3 decoding playback in CircuitPython, uh, go Jepler. Um, I've always wanted to remake the Zune interfaces and some of the old um, MP3 uh, screens and interfaces myself on an open source music player. And it just kind of wasn't possible, or at least it would just be too crazy to do this. I think on my uh, article series of open hardware month, um, one of the first things I had was an open source MP3 player from uh, Raphael. He was like one of the pioneers. And it was neat, but there was no screen. And it was just kind of like, you know, circuit board. So I thought this would be kind of neat. And so this is the first step, and this is on the NRF as well. Um, so check that video out. We were excited, so we filmed it. Next up, um, Scott and Tim will probably talk about this later. There is some CircuitPython snake its way to the NXP chips. These are powerful. They're fast. And we'll work with Arturo to get this out there as fast as possible to as many people. So expect maybe some software puts it up soon. Um, and uh, you can see some hardware on the Twitters and uh, get a good preview of that. These chips are fast. Next up for the people who like hardware, um, CircuitPython sticks its way to FOMO thanks to tiny USB. If you're into little tiny, tiny, tiny um, FPGA and little tiny computers that can plug into a USB port, um, check out Zob's latest release for CircuitPython that runs on the FOMOs. Um, had a fun thing on our show and tell last week. Scott showed off a Pi, um, not a Raspberry Pi, an Apple Pi. And also some of the notifications you can do with Bluetooth and CircuitPython. So this is really neat because you'll be able to take things off your mobile device and put it on a e-ink display or any type of display that supports CircuitPython. So I have a time-coded URL there. You can check it out. And you could uh, look at some of the uh, live live things that Scott and Dan were able to do, and also I think Ann. Um, there is a three-part lecture series, and it's Korean language. Uh, on YouTube. And this is really neat. We're starting to see lots and lots of other languages, uh, spoken languages, that is, using CircuitPython and doing instructional learning. So this one is Raspberry Pi and CircuitPython, which is Blinka. Uh, Professor Gallagher 
posted up a really cool Buddy the Elf project. Um, I, I wrote about this before, tweeted about it, and had it as a blog post, but this is the full um, video tutorial and repo that was recently posted. So if you have a blue fruit, this is a really good project. Um, do with kids, do with anyone. And uh, you know the hand-waving motion and all that, you can uh, have that work with anything. Next up, because uh, it's tis the season, so this will be one of the few times that we ever have stuff like this. Um, we posted up Ada Deals, and that was all stuffed on other people's site that uh, has nothing that's not Adafruit. And what I did is I tried to find people who did open source hardware, had a sale over this Black Friday, Cyber Monday craziness, and also had Python on hardware. So if you're um, if you're not, you know, yay, shop with Adafruit, but if you're not, that's fine too. Um, check out all these deals. And I, I contacted all the companies and I thought, well, since we have a pretty popular blog, maybe we can get it all in one spot. So um, I tagged it uh, Ada Deals. Next up, um, DigiKey has their DigiWish. Um, if you go to digikey.com slash Python, you can look on the Python on hardware there. And all you have to do is tweet pound DigiWish and put in the thing that you want, and they pick a winner every day. Um, they didn't ask me to tell anybody about this. I just thought it was cool. And then tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. And specifically, um, we're going to have a bunch of stuff on our site, the open source organizations we support and try to do stuff with, and individuals who have Patreons, anyone who's just trying to make things a little better. Um, but the PSF is having a Giving Tuesday as well. So I put all the links um, in the chat here. They haven't posted up what they're doing um, yet, but look for that on Tuesday. And if you're thinking, you know, even if it's just like five bucks, there's really great organizations that can use just you know, 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever, just to uh, keep the stuff going. There's a lot of open source projects that could use your help. And there's also people on GitHub now that can be sponsored. Um, we'll probably post links to all of this stuff. And then of course, um, we have our stuff going on on our site. Um, we decided let's try to have the biggest sale for CircuitPython. So thank you everyone who supports us throughout the year. This is kind of for everyone else who doesn't you know, know about us um, or doesn't uh, uh, haven't picked up a board yet. So this is our Blinka cyber stuff that you can check out. It's the entire category. And a lot of this stuff, if you want to read this and more, is in the newsletter. Thank you, everyone, who's been um, sending me great Python on hardware news and images and boards and um, GitHub updates. Um, the newsletter kind of writes itself every week. Um, there's a lot each week, and that's really good. Um, a lot of stuff takes a couple weeks to, to get into the newsletter because there's so many things. And if you just want to read it, you can get it on Adafruit daily. And that is um, a good summary of all the things going on in the community every single week. And that's community news. Thanks, Phil. Oof. All right. Next up is the state of CircuitPython and libraries. This is a statistical overview of the project by the numbers. Gives us a chance to see what's going on um, outside of what it is that we're seeing. Um, we'll talk about it overall, and then we will get into more specifics with the core and with the libraries after that. So overall, we had 10 pull requests merged by seven authors. Um, there's a few new names in there that I don't recognize, which is Sarfata. Uh, Ian Pawa and Osterwood. So thank you to our new uh, contributors. And we had six reviewers and thank you to everyone who's been reviewing as well. Uh, we had 17 issues closed by eight people and 16 opened by 13 people, um, which it's nice to see that number really high because it means that we have a lot of people that are actually um, doing things uh, and finding issues. So that's excellent. Overall, we are currently working on uh, 5.0, 
we recently released beta zero, um, which uh, so far has been pretty stable. So please try it out. Um, let us know um, if you find anything. That's obviously the whole reason that we put it out there uh, when we do is to um, make sure that uh, we can get as much testing done on that um, outside of us as possible. Um, with the libraries, we have been uh, moving towards um, a different CI system, uh, which is something that's slowly happening, but uh, will be happening more quickly over the next um, little bit of time here. And we're hoping that that makes a better experience for everybody who's contributing, um, as well as um, just a better experience overall. So that is uh, where we are um, pretty much overall, like I said. Um, please try out um, all of our new um, all of our new setups and uh, try it out on your projects and let us know if there's something about your project that fails and we can help you figure it out and also make sure that um, it's uh, not something on our end. So uh, with that, I will hand it over to Scott to talk about the core. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Take a time code and move closer to the mic. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we had uh, in the last week, we had three pull requests merged from Ayampawa, Sarfata, and Dan Halbert. Uh, thank you to all those authors, especially the first two who I believe are new. Um, and a shout out to uh, Jeff Epler, who's a new reviewer on here. He's done some reviews before, but uh, is definitely starting to pick up uh, a lot of reviews. So really appreciate that. Um, we had three total reviewers, um, myself and Dan were the other two. Uh, we have 11 open pull requests. The oldest is 120 days old, and the newest is zero days old. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see a full list of all the open pull requests, uh, check out the note stock, and it'll be there. Uh, Issues-wise, we had seven closed issues by four people and eight open by seven people uh, for a total of 202 open issues. Uh, so once again, we are the... <laughs> the reason we're growing issues wise, but that's okay. Uh, the libraries cover cover that fact. Uh, and we have a link to the issues in the notes doc as well. We have seven active milestones. Uh, most of our bugs are designated with a milestone except for five, uh, which are those that need to be triaged and we should get those assigned a milestone. Uh, downloads wise, we have a breakdown by board and by language in the notes doc, uh, but I will just talk about the totals here. Um, 410 is our latest stable. It's been out for a while. Uh, we've had 20,338 downloads of that so far. And Beta Zero is our latest unstable, and that's uh, relatively new, a week or two old. And we've had 519 downloads of that. So um, as always, stable sees a lot more downloads than unstable. Um, but it, it, as Katni said earlier, it is actually Beta Zero is pretty pretty reliable, so we recommend that people give it a Give it a try if you're if you're comfortable with Circuit Python and and want to give us a hand. Testing is a great way to get going on that. Um, so that's it for the core. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we'll talk about the libraries. So this is um, information over all of the libraries that we have, which I believe is currently 196. So we have seven pull requests merged by four authors and four reviewers. Thank you to everybody who's contributing there. Um, and we currently have 27 open pull requests. Um, 
definitely this is something that once we've gotten past the holidays um, and gotten past that rush, we need to start going through these and seeing what to do with the ones that have been around for a long time. Um, but feel free to take a look at any of those um, if you are interested in getting started with reviewing. Um, we had 10 closed issues by five people and eight open by six people, leaving 132 open issues. If you are interested in seeing that list, you can go to circuitpython.org slash contributing. Um, that site has a lot of information available in terms of the libraries, uh, all the open pull requests, all the open issues, and all the library infrastructure issues, which are uh, issues that are based on, we have a set of standards that we like to keep our libraries at. And if those standards aren't met, we have a series of checks that let us know. Um, we try to label good first issues for issues that would work if you are new to CircuitPython or new to Git and GitHub. Um, we have guides that show you how to get started with Git and GitHub. So if you're interested in starting to contribute to CircuitPython, um, working on issues on the libraries is a great place to start. And we, of course, are always here to help you get started. So you can um, join us on Discord uh, if you want to be able to talk to us live, or you can file an issue on GitHub um, and we can uh, help you out there. Uh, we had a number of updated libraries over the past week, a long enough list that I will not be reading it off, but it is in the notes doc and also available on circuitpython.org libraries. Next up, is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to call people out for doing something good. Um, it's sort of our counter to bug reports uh, in a sense that um, we try to make sure that we let people know um, the positive things that they're doing as well. And it gives us a chance to uh, just call people out for doing excellent things. Um, it is held in a round-robin format. I will start as an example, um, which I just realized I don't have any notes in there. Um, I will start as an example, and then we'll move down the list alphabetically. Um, and uh, then, and if you, so if you're lurking, let us know so we'll skip over you. If you are notes only, let us know so that we can, um, so that we can uh, read, off your, um, read off your hug reports. Uh, for you, and um, we will uh, work our way through the list. And sometimes there are people who have notes in the document who are not attending the meeting, and um, we'll read those off alphabetically as well as though they were here. So um, I will get started, as I did not actually put anything in the notes. Um, I want to give a hug report to Dan for um, a discussion about BLE. I'm working on a project right now, and it's the first uh, Bluetooth CircuitPython project that I've worked on. Um, and so I had a lot of questions, and Dan has answered all of them amazingly well. Um, so thank you very much for that. Uh, I want to thank Melissa for taking notes for today's meeting. Um, we. Uh, I normally take notes, but it's difficult to do that when running the meeting because then there's a lot of typing in the background. So thank you very much for uh, handling that for me. And other than that, uh, group hug to everyone. Thank you to our community for being amazing um, and please continue to do so. So next up um, is Crayola. 
So my hug, hug, hugs today are to Katni for a fun Hack Friday, as opposed to Black Friday. Instead of going out and shopping or shopping online, spend the day working on LED animations together. And also for her moral support as I continue to try to get uh, the Pixel Buff um, uh, library working properly, um, although I'm finding it still kind of broken right now. All right. Uh, next up is Maker Melissa. I just wanted to give a group hug to everyone and hope everyone had a great weekend. All right, excellent. Next up, I have some notes in the documents um, from Stargirl, who said, group hug, especially to the CircuitPython maintainers who have been reviewing my changes. And next up is Scott. Hello. First, I have a hug report to Arturo182 for leading the way on the IMXRT. Uh, been post he, uh, Arturo's, or Arthur has been posting uh, some really awesome teasers on Twitter about uh, IMXRT form factor feathers, which are looking really exciting. I'm super super excited to get my hands on CircuitPython on those those devices. So uh, can't wait. Thanks, Arthur. Uh, thanks to KJW and uh, Jerry N for helping folks in CircuitPython over the weekend. Uh, I was super busy and just not uh, working over the weekend. So it was nice to catch up last night and uh, see that everybody had gotten some responses and, and really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to Jeff Epler for the MP3 work. Uh, really excited to see audio get pushed forwards with all that. And uh, lastly, a thanks to Zobs uh, for getting CircuitPython running on the FOMU FPGA board. There's a a lot of potential to see CircuitPython on FPGAs, and uh, Zavs is the first per person to do it. So congrats, and thanks to all those folks. All right, excellent. Next up, I have some notes from Brent, who says, group hug, uh, hug to Arturo for the IMXRT work, to C. Grover for new feather wings, and to Stargirl for discussion on CircuitPython about profiling code got me thinking about a few libraries I wrote in the past and approaches for speeding them up, Tiny Laura specifically. All right, and next I have notes from uh, C. Grover, who is text only today. Hugs to PT for lightning quick responses to some logo permission requests that help move a few Hackaday IO contests project forward to submittal. And group hug to the team and community. Again, the superb level of CircuitPython documentation helped me out of a few black holes this past week. And uh, next up is Dan. Okay. Um, I want to thank Jerry for um, doing BLE testing um, over the weekend, over the holidays, and over the weekend. And immediately found that there were some learn guides, which we had. Um, there are some learn guides in the process of being updated, but there are some newer ones that we hadn't gotten uh, to submit PRs for updating yet. So he submitted those. Thank you very much, Jerry. And thanks to Jeff Epler, who's continuing to like pick, pick up, fill in, fill in a lot of puzzle pieces that we hadn't gotten around to, which is really great. And also in the meantime, doing substantial things like getting mp3 decoding uh, starting to work which will be fantastic okay all right uh we have a couple lurkers so next up is hair effect hi um just a group hug to everyone this week um coming out of thanksgiving so excellent Thanks to everyone all right 
Um, now I have notes from Jacob T, who is text only. Uh, hug to Scott for quickly finding and fixing the bug with bitmap fonts on e-ink. Can't wait to try it out with the new release. And next up is Jeff. Hi. Uh, as I so often do, I want to thank everybody who's reviewing PRs, and especially to Scott. Um, I appreciated some of the requests, uh, changes that you requested. And as always, that pull request is going to end up in a better place. And um, PT mentioned this, but uh, Giving Tuesday is tomorrow, and I want to thank everybody who plans to support a good cause. I want to thank uh, Lady Ada for approving a pull request into the Arduino library Adafruit MP3, which let us reuse it in CircuitPython, and that really just made the whole process uh, go faster than I would have imagined. And uh, thanks to her and to PT for featuring my MP3 work in a video, and I'm excited about the idea of making an MP3 player as well, so everybody's going to have fun with this. Uh, can't wait to get it finished. All right. Excellent. Next up is Jerry. Hi. Um, thanks. Yeah, well, just a hug to everybody who's been producing all these great new guides for the CircuitPython, Bluefruit, and the other BLE demos. Uh, they've been lots of fun, and they've been coming out fast and furious. And uh, especially thanks to Dan for all the quick updates to all those guides as well, because uh, the timing was, was tough with the new API coming out at the same time a lot of the guides did. All right. Excellent. And that is Hug Reports. Thanks, everyone. Next up is status updates. This is an opportunity to take a couple minutes, let us know what you've been working on over the past week since the last meeting. Let us know what you're going to be working on um, over the course of the next week until the next meeting. Um, we love to hear about whatever it is you're working on. It doesn't have to be CircuitPython related. Uh, it is a round robin again, which will work exactly the same way. I will start, we'll go through, uh, read notes for people who are text only or um, who are not attending the meeting but have notes. Um, if uh, This is also an opportunity to get some tips and tricks on what it is you're doing. So if you have any quick questions, feel free to ask them. And if you find that you have something that might turn into a longer form discussion, uh, we can move it to in the weeds and discuss it after status updates. Uh, so feel free to also offer any kind of uh, support or um, information to others as uh, we go through the list. So with that, I will get started. Um, last week, uh, I updated the ADI motion and temperature feather wing guide with a new fritzing object and fab print. Um, that was, uh, it's actually an Adafruit IO guide, but it's the only guide we have for that uh, particular feather wing. So we added a downloads page to it. Um, so you can now get the um, PCBs for that and uh, the schematics and so on are now available. Uh, fixed a typo in a code snippet in the CircuitPython Essentials Guide servo page. Thank you again to Jerry for finding that. Um, I updated the first guide I ever wrote which was Circuit Playground Express, Piano in the Key of Lime, and it was not as out of date as I expected. So that was uh, an added bonus. There wasn't that much to change. Um, the stuff that was out of date was very out of date. It still referenced CircuitPython 2.0, um, but that's been, that's been fixed. And also I tested it on the Circuit Playground Bluefruit with um, the new Circuit Playground uh, Bluefruit module that's part of the Circuit Playground library, and it worked 
perfectly. So that was also good. Um, I verified all the BLE related guides all that I wrote all now match the new API. Um, I prepped Stemma OLED fritzings for uh, Lamore to do some magic. Um, the way that fritzing objects are created, it renders only one side of the board and the Stemma connectors are always on the opposite side of the board from the display. So we have to do a little bit of magic to make the fritzing object work so you can actually connect wires to the Stemma connectors. Um, and that's something that Lamore takes care of. So I prepped those for her and then started working on a circuit playground Bluefruit project. The eventual plan is to have one controlling another with the central uh, circuit playground changing colors and switching between animations on the peripheral and uh, using accelerometer and buttons. So what I got done so far was added animations to the Adafruit Circuit Python LED animations library. We have color cycle, blink, comet, and sparkle. Um, I have the accelerometer changing the colors of the animations while the animations are running live. The slide switch turns off the LEDs and animations um, on both. The buttons on the central are sending button packets to the peripherals so I can start using those buttons as inputs. I found an issue um, that is apparently worth filing about sending packets too quickly. And I managed to get the code on the central to crash to the hard fault handler consistently. So um, that, is <laughs> that is what I managed to do last week. So this week, I need to file an issue on the BLE library to determine whether it's worth changing how the ring buffer overflow is handled. That's what uh, is happening when you send packets too quickly. I need to file an issue on the CircuitPython repo regarding the hard fault handler crash. And then um, this week, I'll be finishing the Circuit Playground Bluefruit project. I need to get the uh, buttons switching between animations and freezing the color. Um, figure out how to take a chunk of error handling code in the central code and make it only occur once versus being in every section. Uh, right now, it's in there about six times. I think by the time I'm done, it would be in there um, eight or 10 times. And so I have to figure out how better to deal with that. Um, and then I need to put in a PR for the animations library, um, as that is all new code that is being added to that. So that has to go in. And then I need to write a guide. And so for the most part, other than um, random support stuff that comes up, uh, this project is what I will be working on this week. And uh, that is my status update. So next up is Crayola. So last week I got um, Pixelbuff's changes working, including iterable support and native fill. Um, these um, are sort of the last few things needed to make it so subclasses of pixel buff can be very lightweight. So for example, NeoPixel has almost no methods on the class anymore if using pixel buff. Um, I, unfortunately, those to make that work properly, including a native um, show method that, sorry, that's subclassable, um, I had to go and change the signature of the subscript um, internal throughout the code base. I'm still looking for some feedback on the PR and about ways to avoid that. I spent many hours looking through the code, trying to find a way not to change the signature everywhere. So if someone else can think of something, that'd be great. Um, spent uh, a lot of time fighting battles with GitLab Actions to make that um, happy and um, moved on a bit to start making .star and NeoPixel compatible with the new PixelBuff API, which also involved fighting with Travis and remembering that you have to use PyLint 192 and Python 3.6, or you will have uh, you will not be able to satisfy either. Um, 
and uh, then uh, also worked with Katni on the Adafruit LED animation library to do non-blocking pretty things on strips of LEDs and make it easy for people to use. Um, this week, I'm going to continue to, or I'm going to fix the merge conflicts for the pixel left changes, um, fix the bug I forgot um, with slices with steps greater than one, returning an index error, um, continue testing the NeoPixel um, changes and dot star changes, including trying to figure out how to test or what's needed to test the NeoPixel SPI class that has shown up in the NeoPixel um, module. <clears throat> And then time permitting, move on to the sort of the final piece, which is to get PyPixel buff to match the new pixel buff APIs and test uh, dot star and NeoPixels on a board that can't fit pixel buff and see if the two won't even fit. All right, thanks. Next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Um, okay, so last week I finished updating the libraries that are using Display.io to work with both CircuitPython 4 and 5. They were using the um, refresh soon and the wait for uh, frame. And I happen to use it in a try block, so it works better. I fixed an issue with the RA8875 driver that had some incorrect size calculations that a uh, user noticed. And so now that's all correct. Uh, I caught up on a lot of miscellaneous PRs and issues. And uh, this morning I submitted a PR for Blinket to work on a secondary I2C port using the same pins. Because what would happen is it expected, it only checked pins um, for different ports, but didn't really have a way of dealing with ports that use the same pins. And uh, this week, I have, I'm going to work on the IS31FL3731 pillow example and update the guide and update PyBadger to work better with external fonts because it kind of wants to work with either internal or external and it kind of messes up its calculations. I need to look further into that. And that's it. All right, excellent. Next up, I have notes for Stargirl, who last week made the micropython.native decorator no-op if support isn't compiled, which makes writing drivers that can take advantage of the speedups a little easier, and assembled four beta Winterbloom Soul modules. This week, working on sample code and guides for my beta testers. And next up is Scott. Hello. Um, last week was very short, largely, or well, because we in the U.S. had Thanksgiving. Uh, so I was out uh, Thursday, Friday, and kind of Wednesday when I was making a pie. Um, so in the few days I did have, I was working on uh, polishing up a, an ANCS demo, which is the Apple Notification Center service. Basically, uh, it tells you all of the things that are on your lock screen, all of the pending notifications you have. Um, and so I have a demo where you can see the most recent uh, notification from any of a whitelist of apps uh, on an e-ink screen. Uh, this week, I'm going to be checking that code in, or at least making a PR for it, and uh, also tweaking it for to be 
an example on the TFT gizmo rather than the e-ink gizmo, which will change some of the like timing requirements. Whereas like the e-ink, you can only refresh so often, but the TFT, uh, you have a lot more support. Um, when Dan and I kind of line up on bonding, we'll we'll get that all going. Uh, make sure that it uh, gets done soon because right now with ANCS, you need to be paired. And so every time you've, connect your phone you have to like click through the process of pairing so bonding will make it so that if you if your phone and the circuit playground or whatever reconnect it can all all like can it can automatically repair again because it's bonded um i'll probably take a look at the apple media service which is pretty simple and it can tell you like what uh, song you're playing and allow you to control the playback uh so i'll probably take a look at that as well just so uh just because it should be pretty simple um, and pretty similar. Uh, and then I hope to also uh, get back to the HID debugging that we were doing. Uh, that'll probably go in the PR with the ANCS stuff as well, even if it doesn't work on ILS. Um, so I'll be taking a look at that. And then lastly, um, I'm going to look at kicking off our 2020 planning. Um, for those of you new to the community, we basically do a... Uh, we do a call for people to blog or post about what they think uh, they'd like to see for CircuitPython in 2020. And then once all of those kind of get out for individuals, we'll summarize, I, I will summarize it and post it on, on the Adafruit blog as kind of like what the highlights of those things are. So um, I'm hoping to kick that off and we'll come up with a timeline there as well. First thing for me to do there is just take a look at what exact timing I had last year. So uh that's my week. I'm sure it will change, but that's my plan so far. Excellent. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Next, I have some notes from Brent. Uh, last week, starting to wrap up a larger Adafruit project, guide will be published for it this week. Published the IoT monthly newsletter for December 2019, went out yesterday. This week, IO support, wrapping project, finishing out the semester, and working on an ongoing term project. Next up, I have notes from C. Grover, who is text only. So last week, wrapped up the six Featherwing projects for the Hackaday IO Take Flight with Feather contest. Funny how ideas for new Featherwings just pop out of nowhere. Racked the brain cells to write some Cricut Featherwing testing code in CircuitPython for the Robot Friend plus PyBadge plus Cricut project. Was hoping to take advantage of the existing libraries, but I2C bus competition management became an issue when using the stock Cricut, Seesaw, and PyBadger libraries. Was successful using some of the subclasses, so that will become the path forward. I may create some helpers or a new class to add some frosting. Threw together a drafty graphic of the Cricut Featherwing pinout. Was helpful when walking through the existing library code. There is a link to that in the notes exercised the new rechargeable 80 volt lithium brushless motor snow thrower yesterday worked great couldn't find the swd port though next week finish the robot friend test routines helpers and libraries build the long-awaited clothes dryer duct temperature gradient monitor and back into the studio to record a collection of foley sound effects tracks for a locally produced ufo sci-fi film hoping to throw in some theremin sounds along with a vibra slap and two thunder tubes and next up is Dan. Okay, just scroll in here. 
Okay, so um, there was a, a user reported a bug last week that um, uart.write was getting was messing up on Atmel boards, and it turned out that for quite a while, uart.write has been non-blocking, whereas we meant for it to be blocking. So it would return immediately, so you'd think that you could send more stuff, and it would fill up the buffer too fast. So I fixed that, and it, the same um, process, in the same in the same PR, I added a timeout property so you can get and set your timeout now. And also we took out timeout rights because they were pointless if it was going to be um, a blocking right. Um, I've, there are tons of PRs coming in from all over the place, so I've spent a lot of time uh, just reviewing PRs, which is good. It means a lot of stuff is going on. And as Scott mentioned, um, we're going to start working on BLE bonding, and I have some sort of cleanup PRs that I need to submit before we actually start working on that. So I'll do that uh, soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. A uh, couple of workers. So next up is Higher Effect. Oh, did you say me or somebody else? Yes, I did. Sorry, you cut out right as you said my name. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, this past week I did uh, nothing, or that is to say I walked around New York City a lot because that's where I was with, for Thanksgiving, um, but uh, did not do anything else due to the holiday. But um, before that, uh, I've been working on adding some new board support to um, CircuitPython uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, so. Uh, the PyBoard Nano, a sort of generic F411 board called the Black, that I'm just calling the Black Pill because it looks like the blue pills that you otherwise get. Um, and uh, and hopefully soon the Meowbit, uh, which will require some fixes to display I.O., which also hasn't quite made it in yet. So I'm continuing that work uh, this week, starting with the uh, PyBoard Nano um, and uh, figuring out some recent stuff that's just popped up with uh, NeoPixel support and Kind of these other things. So hopefully that'll I'll be able to wrap those boards up this week and kind of get some new fun toys to play with on the STM side of CircuitPython pretty soon. Um, I also did uh, just as a personal project. I actually managed to rig up the Uncanny Eyes project to uh, Open CV, Open Computer Vision, via a Feather intermediary, so that the eyes actually follow humans. It will track your face and look at you creepily as you walk by. So that's just a fun thing, but hopefully we'll be expanding that in the future. That is creepy, but mm -hmm. that is excellent. All right, thank you. Uh, next up is Jeff. Uh, last week, as we've talked about multiple times, uh, I got MP3 playback. Uh, to draft PR status, and that really leverages what is in the Adafruit MP3 library for Arduinos. Um, I did some more work on the GCC9 pull request. I uh, need to go check whether the latest build fully passed. I provided some performance measures for the background tasks PR, and it looks like the performance is the same. So I hope that means we can go ahead and get that one merged soon. I encountered a USB crash on NRF and proposed a kind of band-aid fix, but that wasn't acceptable. So we'll have to go back to the drawing board on that. 
And just this morning, I filed a PR to get us back one KB of code space on our most constrained builds by improving the compression of translated strings. Uh, this week, um, oh, I guess I know I need to more, work more on the GCC9 PR, uh, work more on MP3, uh, work on a problem on NRF, where uh, if you're playing on PWM audio out with um, just one output configured, your stereo MP3 plays at half speed, and that's no good. Um, I'm going to get up to speed on the STM32 port, and if time allows, I'm going to hopefully start working on audio for that. It looks like it has DAX, it looks like it has DMA, so hopefully it'll go smoothly, but you never know. And uh, as for my ongoing fun projects, I need to actually order these edgelet display PCBs and the parts to populate them. Uh, but I had, I don't think I shared this image yet. I had really good success etching um, slides for microscopes with uh, numerals at the local Hackspace last week. Um, and also I'm reorganizing my home office. I finally got the keyboard tray and the monitor stand on the desk and that's freed up a bunch of real estate. So, uh, you know, I can put three times as much junk and three times as many unfinished projects in my way at the same time. Uh, yeah, so that's me. Looks like a good week. Excellent. All right, next up is Jerry. Oh, there's the unmute button. Okay. Um, now I gotta find my notes. Um, sorry about that. No worries. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, last week I spent a bunch of time playing with all these new, wonderful BLD demos and toys and uh, adapting as many as I could to, to get them to work with the new API just to check them out um, and submitted a couple of PRs to, to two, of the, two of the newer ones um, that were, they worked out fine. They were pretty easy changes. Um, and I'm looking forward to this, this new iOS app uh, whenever it gets released. That looks like it'll be fun. Um, I did find an issue with the... Uh, uh, with the current master build, the CP5, it started with the, with the at least with the beta zero. I don't know if it goes back before that. Um, with the non-express boards that are NRF52840, things like the, um, the PCA 1.059 dongle, um, the Maker Diary board, and I don't know if it's all of them, but it, it's, it's a pretty serious problem. If you try and delete files, um, you can end up corrupting the board pretty badly, uh, such I've had to use my J-Link to get it back. So um, I, I, I put in a note in the, in the weeds to go into a little more detail on that if anybody wants, wants to hear more about it. But we can talk about that then. And yeah, uh, there were, I'm sure there were other things, but someday I'll learn to make notes about what it is I do. All right. I'm gonna cover next week or? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I read ahead here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, next week, I'm just uh, hoping to, to play a lot more with the, the BLE stuff and keep up with it. And uh, I've got a, and a bunch of uh, my RFM 9, 9X LoRa projects uh, I want to get back to. They've been hanging for a while. And uh, an aside to anyone, I, I don't know how I missed it, but there's this feature for the Raspberry Pis now, the remote controlling GPIOs that, that's been there for a while. I just never bothered to try it. Boy, is it nice. So anybody's looking for a new toy and hasn't tried that yet, it really is pretty cool. You can, from from almost any device, from my Mac or from another Raspberry Pi, you can remotely access all the GPIO pins 
on another Raspberry Pi. And it, it's really slick. Fancy. It's That's really easy to. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for finding that and pointing it out. Yeah. All right. And uh, with that, we are uh, done with status updates. Thanks, everyone. So next up is In the Weeds. And uh, In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. Um, any kind of questions you think might uh, involve a deeper explanation, that sort of thing, um, pretty much open to whatever. But if you have an In the Weeds topic, please let us know as soon as possible. And that way we can get it added while we are discussing our other In the Weeds topics. Um, so with that, I will turn it over to Jerry for the first In the Weeds topic. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so I, I posted an issue on this to, to the, the, the CircuitPython uh, repository, but, um, and Dan, Dan did reply that I think he has a, a hint as to what, what may be the issue. So maybe, maybe it's a simple thing, it just need, needs attention, and maybe you can comment on that. But just wanted to point it out that what happened was if you put CircuitPython 5 on one of these non-Express NR52840 boards, at least the ones I've tried so far, and things work fine initially when you just load it on and start running things that are already on the board. But if you try and start deleting files, things get really squirrely. Um, the board will reset, it'll, it'll drop the USB. Um, and then if you do enough, like if you tried, <laughs> I tried doing a, an erase file system and that just really hosed up both the board and the host computer. I had to reboot my 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 uh, my Unix my Linux box as well, and and the board was totally unresponsive. I had to reflash the bootloader and everything to it. So it's a pretty bad situation if you start playing with these boards. That's so that's interesting because I knew that there was this what I thought was a long-standing problem that there was overlap between microcontroller.nvm and the file system. I'm not sure of that, but I think it's a possibility. But what you're sound doing, it, it might be some, if it hosed the host computer too, it might be a tiny USB issue. Right, yeah, it seemed like, I think the hosing the host computer was on, it just didn't wait long enough. It took a long time Finally, uh, when I tried later times, the host computer finally did come back, but it could take quite a while. Um, well, I'll, so I'll try to see what there is, what okay. changes there have been. But it worked in beta four. I mean, alpha four. I'm not sure. Five. Actually, no, I haven't gone back to do any kind of um, okay where it first failed. I, I did go. I did try it on beta zero, and it failed. And then I've been I had been trying it with just the, the current master, and it, it fails there. Um, yeah. So, the, but it yeah, works, the it works on four point one. Fine. No, no problem. It, it works on four point one. Yeah. So, that, but there are a lot of changes in between those, especially right. the tiny USB. So, but um, but I did. You know, once I like, if you tried to do the erase file system, um, then again, the board was totally. Yeah, you, know, you could double double clicking would not go back to the bootloader. Um, gave all sorts of error messages in the DMS DMESG. So. Hmm. Uh, oh, um, okay. All right, that's, yeah, so, a, that's a clue. Yeah. So if you have time, try some earlier versions. But if that's too much trouble, then just yeah. Okay, uh, I'll see what I'll I can do. It. It's on the list. Yeah. And I tried it on both on on the the the, the, the dongle and the the Maker Diary dongle as well, and they both responded the same way. Yeah, I would. They're really essentially the same. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, so okay. I just wanted to put out, you know, and uh, there was somebody I was 
helping over the weekend. <laughs> I was trying things on a on a on a dongle, and I quickly told him to stop. <laughs> okay. you know, so once you get to a certain point, it, it's it's pretty hard to recover it. The only th- okay. The only other thing I would add is I I kind of would like us to uh, focus on the feature work that we have remaining just for the next couple of weeks because I think we're close. Like it once we get get bonding, and then if we want uh, Beely Midi, I think there's a few changes with the characteristic buffer stuff to do. Uh, but I would love to get us to the point where we are heads down on bugs, um, so that theoretically, like by the end of December, we're feature complete and the APIs are where we think they'll be, and then we can spend January like really burning down our bug list. That's it. That sounds okay to me. I mean, I think. This also might have to do with the speed of the internal flash, mm-hmm. and it's not there's not it's it's not applying back pressure to USB properly or something. Right. right. I don't know, but yeah, but uh, I, I'm well. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to start working on this right away. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. You know, it's it's not, yeah. not a problem yeah. in terms of you know, I can live without these boards and sure. It's just, but mm-hmm. it does. It was kind of surprise and. You know, if, if people start using them, they, they are going to run into issues. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it sounds bad enough that we wouldn't want to call five O stable before nope. before it's fixed. Exactly. Um, okay, Thanks. but I, I just, just like it. with finding issues, it's hard to it's hard to balance like completing stuff versus getting kind of distracted by issues as they come in. Sure, sure. No, and I wasn't it wasn't trying to it, it, you know up its priority. I was just trying just trying right. to clarify what was going on. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. All the issues I I, I really appreciate them, but yeah. yeah. And on the next thing I had a question and maybe Jeff already answered it, um, to go back and look. Uh, with the the G C C nine, so it looks like uh, the, are those that's the Tar G Z is are those binaries for those? Right, there are binaries inside, so um, should be ready to go. But uh, you asked okay. about pies, and I don't know if AR64 runs on pies. Yeah, okay, well, I'll take arm, a look at it. Um, ARMHF or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go. I'll, I'll, I can take a look at the at the site. I was going to go dig into it, just ran out of time. So just curious, because it's something I, I, I with the Pi 4s now, you know, I really, the, the Pi actually is a pretty viable building, you know, environment. And it'd be nice for it to be supported. Um, what? So my other question about it was, if you make this change, are you gonna? Will, will there be changes to the make files and the build environment so that it will no longer work with the seven point two release? No. No. The way it's written right now in the pull request, um, when it's doing the build on GitHub Actions, it downloads this tarball instead of downloading the deb. Uh, and there are some changes to optimizations to make the most constrained boards fit still because right. um, they increased inlining to make C++ people happy because they can't live without it. Um, okay, but if someone but doesn't... None of, the, none of the code is changed, uh, so it should still work with either compiler. Okay, great. Except right. for the new flags, right? Well, that's the what I was worried f- about. If the new flags are in the make files, are they going to cause problems in the old builds? The new flags are all understood by the old compiler. Okay. Perfect. Great. That, 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 that's really my main question. Thanks. Yeah. Long term, uh, I know that Scott has said once we're on a new compiler, we don't bend over backwards to support an old compiler. Sure. But if there's a compelling reason, we probably can. Okay. Well, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll grab the PR and, and try it, see if I can break something. So, all right. Thanks. All right. <laughs> I'll wait for your comments. I'll, I'll, all things point to yes, you can break it. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. All right. Um, Next up, we have uh, audio IO discussion with uh, Jeff and uh, Higher Effect. Hi. Tell me what you know. Um, well, yeah, so I just wanted to sync up on, on what you were, what, what kind of the base prerequisites um, you're looking at there. Because as far as I can tell, the um, you won't, you'll be able to use existing DAC stuff as maybe a reference, but it, I, don't, I don't think that the analog out has ever been able to use just the, the actual DAC common how component it needs to use. Uh, really tightly DMA tied how. So I was just wondering uh, what your approach was going to be there. Right. Uh, so when I did the uh, PWM and the I2S on NRF, that's basically what I did. I looked at the audio out um, as a reference and then had to figure out how to do things like set up the DMA so that it was mm-hmm. clocked out at the right rate. And that's also pretty much how it was um, the implementation for SAMD. They're independent. It's not code reuse. There's a little bit of setup that can be shared between them, but that is probably about it. And I haven't really, um, I've looked at the data sheet a little bit. I've loaded one firmware on it, but that's the extent of my work with the uh, Feather, with the S, uh, with that chip on it, whichever one it is. Yeah. Uh, have you worked with the, the ST series, just kind of the HAL and low level libraries before? No, I haven't. So well, I'm, uh, yeah, high level overviews are always helpful. And I will sure just throw out a question on uh, the channel if I'm feeling at all stuck. I think, you know, the, from what I can tell here, um, the, the two things that would need to be done, I guess, are, are I squared S for analog in and then just this, this uh, DMA tied uh, DAC for analog out. Is that right? Um, Analog, the, yeah, analog in would be an where ABC. I'm starting. Like I2S in oh, is separate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I can, I'm, but I'm happy to send you basically my kind of like pack on, uh, so of just kind of reference material for the STM uh, if you want. Okay, sure. Um, which is just like all the stuff. So you don't have to like go trawling through the, uh, the ST website weeds which can be kind of annoying um, sure, yeah. for all the details you want so i've got you know like the how and ll documentation is like really the crucial cr- crucial thing to have um and then uh also the i don't know if stm32 duino has implementations for that MicroPython can be kind of a spotty reference for that kind of thing um if you just want to look at other like i squared s or uh you know, audio-related DAC applications. Um, so MicroPython is kind of a spotty reference sometimes, but uh, often STM32 Duino's implementations are actually better or at least more comprehensive or comprehensible. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, if not more feature-complete, uh, at least kind of more readable uh, just because MicroPython is supporting so many SDM 32s, not just the F4, but like the F7s and the F1s, and they, they put in a bunch of different stuff, and they've got all these different interleaved APIs. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, SDM 32 doing it can be a little closer. So, anyway, I'm happy to help send you some of that stuff. If, yeah. Uh, 
so um, a piece of code that I had found, I dropped a link in the channel. Um, it's doing DMA to the deck. It kind of looks like a good starting place um, for study. But if you take a look at that and say, oh, no, don't follow this guy's style, then I will look for something else. So if you could uh, just you know take a few minutes to look at that and give me a yes or a no on whether that is anywhere in the neighborhood of what you would like to see, that would be great. And yeah, I will be uh, studying your code more for sure. I mean, from from my perspective, like I'm I'm pretty comfortable using the how and and kind of like I'm comfortable with how ST does things in general. But uh, my big problem is that I'm not an audio guy at all. Uh, so I've I've actually never done an audio related project. So I really don't. I'm not familiar with sort of the contextual approach, the kind of the high level approach to doing audio. So, um, in terms of, in terms of, you know, collaboration on this, I, I, Scott, you know, obviously whatever you think is, is a good priority, um, here, but in, I, I'm, I'm generally going to be useful on the writing driver stuff, but I wouldn't know where to start, uh, in terms of the audio material. So that might be a good kind of point at which to trade tasks, you know, that's fair enough. I, I think we're at the right place. Like. Jeff has a lot of background in the audio stuff uh, to begin with. Like, there's a whole lot of shared mechanics around the DMA and the background stuff that Jeff's worked in already, and that's that's why we were thinking having him take it on in the STM as well. Um, so if you can just, like, do exactly as you're doing of pointing Jeff and steering him in the right direction for STM, I think that's exactly what we want. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'll start by sending you... Um just kind of like the the pack of, of starting stuff for ST. And uh, I would just recommend taking a look at probably just the, the I2C or I2S uh, reference uh, implementations too off of CubeMX. Have you used CubeMX before? I did use it briefly, uh, but it's been like five years. It's it, a it was very, a long time ago. It's a very spotty tool in terms of actually referencing it for implementation. Uh, but it's decent for setup, and it kind of shows you, like, because ST expects you to do it a very certain way that we aren't doing at all in our at the port. Right. Um, and so, uh, and so, it's a good way of seeing like how they want you to do it, so that you can flaunt them um, and do do your own thing. So, uh, yeah, usually you just end up like copying like the macros and stuff, but. Uh, which are important to know, you know, you get to see the nice base setup, but otherwise it's, it's uh, secondary to something like, uh, you know, MicroPython or STM32, do we know, in terms of uh, being a good reference. So, anyway. Cool. I All look right. forward to working with you on this. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks. Excellent. Um, and last up, we have a topic from Crayola. So this one uh, just happened to me, and it's probably going to keep happening more often to others, is that for one of the translations, there is not enough flash for one of the specific builds um, for the Circuit Playground Express. And wondering if we have a strategy for dealing with that, um, because now it, if I've merged, if we even consider merging, it will break the build. Is 148 bytes short for that particular translation and build. Well, I've got great news. I think uh, we're going to get back one kilobyte um, from a pull request that I 
filed earlier today. So that'll give us breathing room for at least your pull request and two more after that. <laughs> okay, so I'll keep an eye out for that pull request to get merged at some point and then rebase against that, I presume. Yeah, that's one one strategy. You could rebase or you could merge master yeah, after that I, goes I in. Merge at this point, because it's a bit of a spaghetti between merges and rebases at this point mm -hmm. in that branch. I'm yeah, actually that tempted way. to actually squash the entire history of that branch. Uh, the okay, other thing so. I would say is I think I, I am hoping with pixel buff that we actually do drop uh, our frozen sizes down. Um, That's a good point because I did not switch the frozen target to the smaller NeoPixel and uh, smaller dot star yet. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see okay, uh, how much we gain that. back from that. Um, and I somehow this NeoPixel spy thing uh, just passed me by. So I that's not the way I would do it. And so I'm gonna I'll I'll start some conversations about how to how to do that differently. Yeah, I would. I have some thoughts on that too because it was frustrating to see that suddenly pop up, and it's going to grow the code size for NeoPixel everywhere. Right. Um, if it was in a different file, then. And like it's just um, as another subclass that we can copy in for that one case, that would work. Or another yeah. uh, module completely that's based on NeoPixel. Right, right, right. So yeah, I I will. Uh, I see Carter's not in the in the meeting right now, so I'll, mm -hmm. I'll ask about what that background is. And um, yeah, I generally we don't want more than one class, especially if the two classes are orthogonal. But this is kind of a, a pattern that we saw from the very beginning with CircuitPython where we have like one class and then we have an I squared C version and a spy version. I really want to move away from that. I want us like, we've really benefited from having composable, meaning like if you have I squared C or spy, you, you wrap that in the same API and then pass it into the thing that's dealing with it. Um, yeah. And, so and that actually is because NeoPixel's API is so old. Um, it's kind of hard to change without breaking so many examples, but mm -hmm. it, I, f I found a way to sort of in the NeoPixel uh, as a subclass of uh, pixel buff, the init, I sort of composed, but not quite. It's a subclass of NeoPixel mm -hmm. with a different init that calls the majority of the code for, that got moved to a configure method. Mm -hmm. So there, it's sort of composable and we could do some small changes to make them composable, even if they have slightly different signatures. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course we have to convince PyLint it's actually not, um, we're not doing things wrong. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag PyLint disable. Me. Yeah, I know. I, I try <laughs> to avoid it if at all possible, because you always get asked why. Yeah. It's a good rule of thumb, but it's the, uh, the backstop for us. Yeah. All right. Now we know, uh, what we're going to be doing with that. That's good to hear. Um, with that, uh, we are over an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for December 2nd, 2019. Um, this meeting has been recorded, and the recording will be put on YouTube as well as various podcast services. So if you are listening later, thank you for listening in. Um, I want to thank everyone who participated today and everyone who had notes for us to read off who couldn't make it. Um, we will be hosting this meeting again next week at the same time. So feel free to join us. Everyone is welcome. Um, and that's about it. So thanks everyone. Thank you. See you next week.
Later, everyone.